Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Rich Eisen Show. Put it all together. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Kyrie Irving decides, you know what? I don't think I'm going to get that money elsewhere. I'll, I'll, I'll just go back. Durant says, you know what? I'm out. Oh, you know what? I'll I'll just go back. Earlier on the show, Falcons head coach Arthur Smith. Coming up, 15-time hot dog eating contest champion Joey Chestnut. Four-time Oscar nominee, author and director Michael Mann. Patriot safety Devin McCourty. Senior NBA insider for The Athletic, Sham Sharania. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air right here on NBC. Oh, pardon me. I knew I'd do that. Right here on YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. The number of times I would go on NFL Network in the beginning days of NFL Network and say, Welcome this Sports is SportsCenter. I, I did it all the time. <laughs> That's a two years after Peacock. I knew I would do it every now and then. Um, but uh, we're not on Roku yet. That's going to come in September. The Roku channel is free and you can get it for free on any Roku device. If you got a smart uh, a smart TV from Samsung, it's sitting right there and the Roku channel is free. The same on an Amazon Fire TV, that is free. You download the Roku app on a mobile device. It is free to download and so is the Roku channel to watch on your mobile device. And then if you are sitting in an office, we had so many people saying, hey, it's uh, too bad you moved uh, to Roku because uh, I love watching you at work. Well, we're assuming you're doing that on a desktop. And uh, the Roku channel is available at therokuchannel.com, and it's free there too. And we're starting in September. We'll give you the exact date in short order. Uh, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on this program. The director of the brilliant movie Heat in 1995, here in 2022, Michael Mann decided to write and publish a sequel. Heat 2 is the number one bestseller atop the New York Times novel best-selling list. And he is going to be joining us in about 15 minutes time right here on the program. Sham Sharania, uh, will be joining us in hour number three. He's the one that first popped out there, the news that everything was back in order in Brooklyn, that Durant was no longer demanding a trade, and he's back, and Shams will be joining us in the studio, uh, pardon me, at the top of hour number three to tell us how that happened and what the Nets said to Durant. And then coming up uh, after him, Devin McCourty steps off of the practice field in Las Vegas where the uh, Patriots are getting set to take on the Raiders, and they're practicing together. McDaniels and Belichick can't quit each other. <laughs> they can't quit each other. Never. And so that is uh, another order of business that will be um, discussed with Devin McCourty when he joins us in just uh, about an hour plus time. So we kick off hour number two, recapping our top story from yesterday. <laughs> Somebody at Yankee Stadium drank a beer through a hot dog. That was our top story yesterday. This gentleman decides to pop a hole in the top and bottom of a hot dog <laughs> using a straw. Doesn't waste the innards. Sucks them out. Even though he doesn't use the straw, he uses the hot dog to drink the beer. And a lot of people think it's fake. But you could see some of the beer going down. You could see some of the beer going down a little bit. You see the beer going down. But uh, you yesterday, Jason Feller, took the approach that... Um, Drinking the beer through a hot dog, using the beer as a makeshift straw, was in fact genius. We put up the poll question, is this man a madman or a genius? 
And the final results of that was well, a It blowout. finally came through. 82% madman. Over 3,000 Exactly. Yeah. And you, Jason Feller, said, you know what? I think it's genius. I'm going to try it tonight Yes. at home. And at that point in time, uh, chiming in from his home where he works uh, expertly handling the digital <laughs> process of the Rich Eisen Show, which is uh, anybody who sees all these videos on YouTube right here as soon as it's over, uh, they, don't get, uh, they don't get done unless Sean Mitchell's handling it. And Sean Mitchell decided to try it himself. He said, I'm going to do it in Dodger Stadium. He's going to do it in an actual Major League Baseball stadium. And I predicted you can't do it with a Dodger dog. Now, people here in Los Angeles love their Dodger dogs to the point of they're mad. They're madmen about it. They're crazy. If you ever say the Dodger dog isn't all that. Oh, they go Los nuts. Angeles, people think that. Oh, blasphemous. You, you, you might as well change staples to crypto. <laughs> That's how they handle it. Like you're, you're a, it's an affront to them. And I said, you know, a Dodger dog is too thin and the bun around it is too, it's, 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 it's kind of like wet. Like the, the heat of the, the wrapping just totally makes it thin and it makes it very difficult. I said, you're not going to get it done. So here's a video. Sean Mitchell, you could see it. The hot dog's already falling apart. The straw is like midway through and he tries to jam it through and then it comes out the middle <laughs> and it's just, it's just, it, it I mean, he couldn't even get he couldn't even get halfway there. Blame it on the straw. Blame it on the hot dog. But he just decided we're not doing it. And um, it, it just I'll be honest with you, for those on the radio, it looks like a freaking catheter. It just doesn't look good at all, honestly. And you don't you, you shouldn't turn baseball fans into urologists on the spot. So he just aborted the mission over. Over done. You, however, Mr. Feller, you created the video, but you didn't. Yeah. You didn't show us punching the top and the bottom of your hot dog that you boiled. You boiled the hot I, dog. I boiled it. Yeah. Okay. You boiled the hot dog, and um, here is the result of Jason Feller having already punctured the the wiener. By the way, <laughs> which is, I do believe, a uh, the the second album after "Smelling the Glove" by Spinal Tap. Uh, this is the fruits, if you will, of Jason Feller's labor. All right, so this is take two because it turns out that uh, it's not that easy to push a straw through, and that guy was been a pro. So I got my Hebrew Nationals here, sticking with the tribe, and a Heineken. So second attempt here, the first one I got nothing out of here. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Hard to watch. And so once gross. again, there's nothing coming through here. So. It feels disgusting. It's starting to taste disgusting. And it is disgusting. So I don't need to do this ever again. Thank you for watching. There you go. That's your TED Talk yeah. right there. Thanks for coming to the the, uh, the J Talk. So um, no longer genius, right? You no. don't think it's genius anymore? Not at all. Horrible. I think it's fake. You think it's fake? Yeah. It was oh, so hard to get that goodness. straw through there. Took multiple yeah, this straws. Guy, this guy just popped it in and popped it in, but it was much thinner. You guys used much thicker straws. This guy, it seemed like one of those like stirrers from a, a coffee cup. I don't know mm. if it's in. The, I don't know if it's in the. I mean, it could be in the hand motion. It could just be. Maybe this guy's a surgeon. Maybe he's just used to using his hands delicately. <laughs> I don't know, but all I know is the man used a hot dog as a straw. And when we talked about this on the show yesterday, we, we were saying we need one man's opinion on whether this is a foul. If this is, in fact, a blasphemous use of the hot dog. The man who is the champion of planet Earth, of consuming hot dogs in the shortest amount of time, the champion eater. Right, Chris Brockman? Correct? He is the greatest competitive eater in the history of mankind. Joey Chestnut here on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Joey? Doing good. good. Good to be on with you. Okay, so did you see this video of this gent using the hot dog as a straw and sucking a beer through it? Have you seen this video, Joey Chestnut? Oh, I've seen it. I, I, was, uh, I was shocked and amazed also. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's ridiculous. Okay, so what is your thoughts, sir, as a man who has made his name uh, on many foods, competitively eating them, but the hot dog being the one that's you're most known for? Your thoughts on the use of the hot dog in this manner is what, Joey? 
Oh, it, it's uh, just just because he can do it doesn't mean he should be allowed to. Uh, it, it's it just because he might have those special hands that can do it. it, it it's ridiculous. And uh, yeah, it, it's I, I think oh my god. I mean, I, I've eaten some gross things, and I've eaten I've eaten hot dogs in weird ways. So I, I don't judge people very often. But that that's just uh, that's out of line. Have you ever have you ever um, used a hot dog for anything other than just eating it, Joey? No, no, I, I haven't used it to help me eat other. Uh, other things or, or but uh yeah it, it's it's it, dang it man yeah i i catch myself because uh, i do eat weird things I, well, and i i dunk the buns in water to help them go down fast. yes you do so uh so it's so it's hard for me to uh, i i usually don't cast judgment but uh <laughs> it's still wrong so it's still wrong to use it as a straw so if instead of it that was our poll question yesterday genius madman is this guy a genius or a madman you would have voted what oh Ge- madman I don't know. So, is the competitive eating world up in arms over this, Joey Chestnut? Is it? I don't think we're up in well, up in arms. Uh, so, up in gullet? It, are you up in gullet over it? Is that what it is? Up in esophagus it, it, over it? It's not, Joey. It's not turning our stomachs or anything. Uh, but we, yeah, I, I think, I think, I think it's going to go away. I, I think, uh, <laughs> and, and, and you know what? I'm a little bit curious. I want to. I want. I kind of want to know what the beer tasted like going through the hot dog, the hot dog straw. Will you do this for me then, Joey? If even though you have said you're you're offended by it, would you attempt it? Would you at least attempt it, video it, and send it to us so we could see Joey Chestnut do it and oh and tell us your opinion of whether in fact you've had your opinion changed or not? Will you will, oh, will, you, will you do that, Joey, for us? Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll give it a go. I'm going to a Cubs game tonight. Oh! And, uh, <laughs> so you're going to do it in yes! Wrigley Field? You're going to do it in Wrigley Field? I'll do it in Wrigley Field. Oh, oh my uh, God. Yeah. Yes. All right. Can you, you, have to, you have to send it to us at Rich Eisen Show, and then we will, we will see. And you've got you to include your thoughts. You've got to include your thoughts if this works or not, if this is something that you uh, would endorse, a Joey Chestnut blue check mark or not. Will you do that for us, please? Okay. Yeah, you know what? You're, you're, this is the way to do it. I, I, I shouldn't knock it without trying it, and uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a go. Well, do your do, do yourself a favor. Take your time. Don't rush it. Okay. Take your time. There's no there's no contest here. We just needed to. Again, we've attempted it, and it might just be the straw being the issue. Um, and I don't think clearly it'll be your your intake. That won't be the issue. You've never seemed to have a problem with that. But we need to see that, I'm Joey. Maybe, maybe if I can cut the straw at an angle, and that way I can oh. kind of rotate it to almost saw through it. See, you're, you're the genius. You're genius. the you're you're the professional. Clearly, right here. That's not a bad yeah. idea because then then it then it can actually get in there. Interesting. Yeah, it's like a needle. Like you, you wouldn't have a needle that doesn't have an angle on it. Oh man, fifteen-time Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest winner, the greatest champion competitive eater of all time, Joey Chestnut. You are going to attempt this in Wrigley, in the friendly confines. Oh, I mean, what are the play? What, <laughs> what an better? iconic spot! What place? An iconic spot. Are you a Cubs fan, or are you just in Chicago? I'm just going to Chicago. Yeah. What are you eating there? Where do you... Oh, what am I doing? I'm judging a hamburger cooking contest. And they're pairing the hamburgers with a uh, Sutter Home wine. So okay, we're gonna. I get. I get. I'm gonna be eating burgers, drinking wine, and then uh, eating a hot dog with a as a straw. I love yeah. it. This will be great. So you know, I have just a couple questions for you, Joey Chestnut. I've always wondered. Now that I have a, a, an opportunity here, so when you just go out to dinner, do you do you have the urge to eat it fast, or can you actually savor a meal? Can you do that, Joey? I, it's weird. Like I, I'm not eating like contest speed, but I'll, I'll, I'm definitely eating a little bit faster. It's like it's like a race car driver driving on a nice road. Right. They're 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 not going to drive exactly the speed limit. They 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 like they like the way the car feels. They like the way the road feels. Okay. They're going to go faster. I, I like I like the I like to eat, and uh, when it's tasting good, it, I'm, it's it's going to go down fast. Okay. So you can't. So it's di- do you have difficulty savoring what you're sitting there and eating? Um, what, I mean, a, what about this? Yeah. It, Sorry, Joey. Go it, ahead. It, 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 yeah. I would, I, I mean, I'm never going to let the food get cold. Understood. I, I, I I'll, I'll slow down for a restaurant situation. What uh, about, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> socially? You, you, so you were, you were socially decent eater is what you're saying. Socially. Yeah. Yeah. I can hold back. That said, uh, Joey, let's say you are, are you married, Joey? 
I'm engaged. You're engaged. Okay. Okay. <laughs> engaged again. Okay. Very good. Don't rush the altar, obviously. Um, so, um, so let's just say you and your uh, your fiance having a meal. Your food comes first. Do you wait for the food to arrive for, for your fiance before you start, or do you just see it and you just got such a, a Pavlovian reaction you got to consume it on the spot? Joe? No, no, I'm I'm a gentleman. I'll, I'll definitely wait. <laughs> professional and a gentleman <laughs> joey chestnut yeah okay those are those are other issues i have uh questions another one is is there anything you won't eat competitively something you're just like i just will not do it what do you think oh my gosh every, every year there's a contest in new orleans one of the best cities in the world and uh it's it, and i and i love i, I want to go to it but it's uh it's raw oysters and i, I just can't bring myself to it mm, is it the consistency is that what it is it's, it's the consistency the salt and just the thought i mean I, I can have a couple oysters, especially when you put uh, some lemon on there and some salt uh, and some sauce on there, some hot sauce. But uh, but even in a contest, you know, it would be like it'd be like ten pounds of oysters, and mm. just it would be gross. What? Uh, okay, I hear you. What, what does a seventy fifth hot dog taste like, Joey? Oh my God! It tastes like victory. It tastes like victory. Well, victory. we we will be uh, flying the W tonight to use a Wrigley phrase. Once we receive your video, Joey, of you doing what we saw in Yankee Stadium and either agreeing that this is in fact a good way to use a hot dog, even though you currently don't believe so, or it confirms your belief that this is a blasphemous use of a hot dog by consuming it as a uh, beer, using it as a straw. I can't wait to see that tonight, Joey. I'm going to give it, yeah, yeah I'm going to give it a try. Okay. Well, good luck on Labor Day. You're, you're in the ma- one of the majors, right? One of, you, one of the season's majors, the Buffalo Wing Fest. Oh, yeah. The Buffalo the Wing Eating. Yeah, in, in- in Buffalo, yeah, uh, it's Sunday, la- la- Sunday before Labor Day. It's uh, yeah, it's Buffalo Wing Fest, Buffalo Wings. Last year, I, I lost by two wings. Mm, yeah, so Miko uh, Sudo got you by two, right? You had two forty-four. Right. Unbelievable. She ate two forty-six. Yeah. My gosh! And then on September twenty-fourth, you're going to compete in the Cases Pork Roll Eating Championship in uh, the seat of power of New Jersey, Trenton, um, and you're defending your title of forty-five pork rolls in ten minutes. Is that true? You got that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That that, that one's it, it. Yeah, you only get pork roll in New Jersey, and it's actually pretty delicious. Mm-hmm. And you're fresh off of a 24 ounce, well, 32 24 ounce cups of popcorn in eight minutes at a minor league baseball game. You set a record there too. That just happened a couple oh, of days yeah, ago. My, just last night, I, my mouth is still raw from it. it, uh, it gonna, all those kernels are actually. <laughs> I was going to ask. You got something in one of those back mowers? It came up during this chat, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I've been, I've, I've lost twice since then, and things are still coming out. Joey, I, I appreciate you uh, taking the time here. And in advance, I look forward to seeing that uh, video tonight. Uh, at Rich Eisen Show is all we ask. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. It sounds like it. we got this. We're all right. Do it. We got it. Yes. We're going to be looking for it. <laughs> Joey Chestnut here on the Rich Eisen Show is going to drink a beer through a hot dog at Wrigley Field tonight. You're welcome, Cubs fans. You're welcome. And somewhere, looking down from heaven, is Harry Carey saying, I wish I could do that. Oh, my gosh. Let's take a break. Let's go from this to Michael Mann. <laughs> <laughs> what a segue. Let's talk heat. We'll talk heat when we come back. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time. 
Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Network, we all love the movie Heat. So when this book, Heat 2, came out and hit the bestseller list, we said to Michael Mann, would you like coming on the show? And he did exactly that from Italy, where he's on the set of his new movie, Ferrari, star-studded film. Here's my chat with the great Michael Mann. Joining me here on the Rich Eisen Show is a very busy man who is in the midst of a terrific year after directing the pilot episode of Tokyo Vice, which has been picked up for season two on HBO Max. But in addition to that, joining us from Italy, where he's directing his new film, Ferrari, amidst having the number one book on planet Earth for best-selling novels, Heat 2, the director of Heat from back in the day and the author of Heat 2, Michael Mann, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing very. I'm doing well. Thank you. I would definitely say you're doing well. I mean, you're having uh, you're having a terrific year. Congratulations on that. No, thank uh, let you. Me, let me just jump into it. Why, why Heat Two? You know, you you wrote it with Meg Gardner, um, but why yeah. jump into this at this point of your career? Um, well, it never really left me. I mean, I never the, the characters were were are, uh, vivid. They had vast lives before the events of the 1995 film. Uh, I was always fascinated about, you know, how to project them further into the evolving, transforming nature of, uh, of uh, you know, professional organized crime. The way the world works in 95 is not the way the world works in you know, 2022, or as far as that goes, 2000, when when this when the sequel takes place, 2000, 2002. In other words, those 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 patterns of transnational organized crime, for example, were emerging. The dark web was emerging in 2000, 2002. So, um, um, basically, in, in a word, the, the movie Heat is a slice of these lives. And there's a, there was a lot before and there's a lot, a lot after. So um, and what tends to happen when you go as deep into characters as I like to, and as the actors I work with like to, they really become alive. They become their own kind of living entities. And uh, so you never really, you never really leave it. And so the story in, in the novel picks up, uh, where we left off, or at least part of the story does. There's flashbacks, and of course, there's the present day as well, where Al Pacino's character, Vincent Hanna, is searching for Val Kilmer's character, who, as we all know, um, his wife gives him the high sign to not come upstairs at the end of Heat, and he ends up escaping. Is right. that is that a story that you you've had in your brain ever since the end of heat is that is that what you no, that, no that no that, that part's new what, what heat makes reference to hannah's work in chicago in in the in the 80s mm-hmm. um and it, it says he went after frankie yonder at one point who was a uh was a home invader not this home invader not not wardell and and you know as i research other projects or, or you're working through things you find arenas whether it's batam or chidot leste which we location scouted and did some shooting in the miami vice and so all these these 
these things are kind of rattling around and and the idea of driving this story into it with particularly particularly the Shaharlis character because Shaharlis was postmodern. The the, the uh, Neil Macaulay was very much a modernist kind of character. He had rules and regulations for himself, and if he deviated from them, the outcome was bad. He almost determined his own fate uh, because he got spontaneous. And once he got spontaneous, he made the mistake of going for Wengrow, and that undid him, in effect. Shaharlis just seems to skate on by, and so in that sense, he always felt to me very much like a character for the new millennium. And so the idea of um, of Shaharlis, and I can't divorce him from Val Kilmer in my mind, the idea of Shaharlis moving forward into a whole new area where where everything changes. When I say everything changes, it's like as good as these guys were in 1995, they were basically being 19th century bandits holding up banks. So the sophistication of what they did was no different than it could have been the 1880s. They could have told the same story of bank robbers. Um, but when you move into the new millennium, everything's different, you know, through the through the zeros and the odds. And, uh, and, and to sort of bring this push, the, to push the story, the stories into this, you know, exciting new world, this territory that to me was on his, his is unexplored and very, very exciting, exactly for that reason. Michael Manda, director of Heat and now the author, co-author of uh, the new top best-selling novel on planet Earth, the top the New York Times bestseller list, Heat 2, here on The Rich Eisen Show. So you are very well known for your research going into a film. And before I dive headfirst back into Heat um, with you, I, I do want to ask you what you learned about Muhammad Ali that you perhaps didn't already know going into Ali in uh, 2001, Michael Mann. Uh, everything. Uh, it, it was spending time spending time with Muhammad. He was, you know, he was there during uh, all of the pre-production, which went on for eight months, all of the shooting uh that we did in the states because of, of the parkinson's he couldn't travel or he'd have been in africa as well uh recreating their world the the, the i mean everybody's gone the, the angelo dundee is gone howard bingham is gone but you know howard bingham angelo dundee and muhammad ali they you know, working with them we were able to build a world and, and uh the role that angelo dundee had along with a a couple of other terrific trainers and training will will uh, you know becoming a boxer after eight or nine months of uh, five days a week training in the gym we built but but the the uh, the parts of Ali that I did know um, even before I met him had to do with the fact that I'm one year younger than he was mm -hmm. and and what infuriated him, in 1967 infuriated me and many other young men and women of my generation. So living through the 60s in particular, which is where we focus a lot, that's that's something we had in common. I'm not black. I'm not African-American. You know, I know the south side of Chicago, uh, you know, to to um, uh, to understand why he had a problem with his father painting white Jesus for a black church, I get it. And that's the kind of understanding is difficult to get to, but but it's but it's it's it, that's the that's the necessary voyage to try to put myself to try to put myself in Muhammad Ali's shoes and and see through uh, see through his eyes as much as I'm capable but there were a lot of surprises along the way he was very aware of uh, third world national liberation front struggles uh, had to do with who the editor of the nation of islam was in the 60s who happened to be very political and knew it knew and, and wrote about those struggles so it'd be so and so's haberdashery opened up on 64th street on the front page three pages in it's about the struggle of, of for uh, struggles in angola and mozambique um, so the world that he was alive to and the bringing himself to who shall I, uh, I, I was the heavyweight champion of the world, I'm representative and how shall I be representative to my people in effect, uh, 
you know, and and then and then that and then the expansion of that into everybody rising up from below that journey of a, for a quest for identity um, or a rep, the representation. Um, you know, that's um, to me. That's what the that's what the movie was about, and uh, <clears throat> spent a lot of time talking to him about that. It was a beautiful movie. It was remarkable. And I'm just wondering, you, you've worked with so many all-time greats, Michael, and you've been there and you've done that. But what was it like for you to have Muhammad Ali walk into a room or you walk into his for the first time with your his world, his story, and your care in your hands and talk to him about that? What was your feeling walking into that room? And having it was it was it was it was awesome. I mean, it was it was extraordinary, and and uh, I wouldn't have been able to do it without Howard Bingham, mm. and he was uh, Ali was one of my all time heroes sure. from early '60s, along with two other guys that I want to uh, work with, American Indian Movement, uh, um, and. No, it was, it was hard, hard to describe. It was quite extraordinary. And then Ali spoke very softly. Howard had a little bit of a stutter, and I had some difficulty hearing what Ali was saying. So the three of us together had some insane conversations. <laughs> but we met, I think, the first meeting I had with him, he was in Las Vegas. Yeah. So uh, let's get to uh, a little bit of heat, if you don't mind. Um, and on my program, um, we have a segment called Celebrity True or False, where I've called um, things that have been written about either a person or a, a film. Right. And um, I've got uh, some some heat, celebrity, true or false that I'd like to hit. And you tell me what's true and what's not, if you don't mind, Michael Mann. We'll play that game with you right now. Celebrity, true or false. You can't handle the truth. First up for you is true or false. Heat was originally something that you created in the late 70s and wound up making originally or attempting to as a television series called L.A. Takedown. Is that true or false? Uh, That's false. Uh, The Heat screenplay pre-existed L.A. Takedown. I, I, I extracted the L.A. Takedown script from Heat and thought about making a, a television series, but got into a disagreement about casting the lead. And then and by, by, I owned it, so I was able to retain all the rights. And so uh, what was the casting conundrum back in the day for television? Uh, there was a, uh, a very, very close friend with Brandon Tartikoff who ran NBC at the time. And there was one actor who I was interested in having play one role and Brandon and I had a very friendly, amicable disagreement. And I decided, you know what, let's just leave it alone and not do the series. And then, so you just kept the script and, and, and is it true? I retained, I retained, I retained the rights and the, but but the heat script that preexisted LA takedown didn't have the current heat ending. And it wasn't until I discovered that ending that I was able to say, oh, this whole thing clicks in and I want to do it as a movie. So how did you discover the heat ending, Michael Mann? Uh, something analogous to hitting yourself on the head with a hammer for a long period of time and then you finally, you get, I get it, you know. It's just, I don't, uh, it, it had to do with that last image and and the fact and and the idea of, of counterpoint or, or, or like a fugue in music. Where the uh, that uh, that De Niro's character, Neville Cauley, is riding out of existence into death, and is fortunate enough to be in contact with the only other person in his universe who understands him as completely, and that also at one and the same time is also the man who killed him, and that both are true and both are there at a hundred percent. And and so that then gave me the idea that I want to be when I'm with Hannah, I want him to apprehend Macaulay 100 percent. When I'm with Macaulay, I want him to evade Hannah 100 percent. And then the challenge, can you make all that happen at the same time and then take audience and move them from each character? And every time you're with that particular character, you are empathetically completely connected to that character 
even though in the, in regards to story or plot, they're totally oppositional. They have oppositional ambitions to each other. What they want in the world of the film is completely in contradiction to other characters you're also empathetically connected to. So that structure was very exciting, a very exciting challenge uh, for me. And it came from the end image, then reverse engineered back into the rest of the screenplay via rewriting. And so if it's not a challenge enough, you decided to shoot it at LAX at night with planes landing. How did how did you come up with that? And what were the logistical, I guess, uh, trappings that you had to well, run there? One, one additional trapping was there was also the week the Unabomber threatened to blow up LAX. Come on. Now, really. And then, and then to really put total coincidence work, the person who obviously had a role in in dealing with the Unabomber and discovering his location was Lowell Bergman from The Insider. From The Insider? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is, uh, you can't make that up. No. So, uh, did you, did, I mean, who did you have to run that through to say, hey, I want to shoot something with planes flying overhead? And and I imagine that, that, that you didn't have an unlimited time frame in which to shoot that, Michael Mann, right? Well, we had, well, a, a fantastic location manager who I still work with, who I just had a meeting with about 25 minutes ago, Janice Pauly, nice. managed to get us permission to shoot on the approach to the runways. And then when the Unabomber threatened to blow up LAX, she worked magic and we were able to still, sh- allowed to still shoot there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Next one for you in, uh, I guess, Heat Celebrity, true or false, Michael Mann. The Pacino De Niro diner scene was raw, done at De Niro's suggestion without any rehearsal before you shot it on set. Is that true or false? That's uh, false. The we when When we were in pre-production and we were doing rehearsals, uh, all of us were of a mind that no, you don't rehearse this scene. This scene, particularly artists like Al and Bob, you, you don't. The worst thing you could possibly do is rehearse a scene like that. Feel you nailed it in a rehearsal. You'll never get back to that when you're shooting. And so you want magic to happen when you're when you're when when you're actually not just filming it, but when you're filming it and you and, and, and you work towards that groove where it's going to happen and take five, six, seven, or eight, something like that, you don't want it to happen on take one because there could be a, can- a technical flaw or something wrong with the camera. So, you know, film is wonderful. What I love about it is that selection you win with one vote. You know, if you have one great take, that's it. That's the gem. And it'll never quite be that way again. So you're looking for you're looking for it to be so real and magical and immediate and spontaneous. And so you don't ruin it by over-rehearsing a scene like that. So we, what we did is we discussed about the scene. We didn't actually, you know, uh, run it. And if anybody spoke the lines, it was kind of in a robotic monotone. Nobody was putting anything, anything into it because we all wanted to do it, you know, that one, something like one time. How did you get Pacino and De Niro? to do it to, to do heat uh, i met i met al because jimmy Kahn introduced me to him after we did thief uh i didn't know bob very well art linson did and then and then bob and i met a couple times and you know they had never really worked together in the same film at the same time and um they read the script and yes was the answer and you know and and then we put together what became I think a spectacular ensemble cast and everybody, it was like an ensemble company. Val would show up on days he wasn't working to see what Bob or Al was doing. And John Voight was considered as significant and on exactly the same stellar plane as Bob and Al, you know, and, and, you know, that was, that was the feeling around, around the making of the film. It was quite wonderful. And then a future Oscar winner and Natalie Portman is the, as the daughter. I mean, right. when you, when you, when you take a look back at it now, also the cast actually is even better than I guess, or, or more yeah. accomplished now when you look back at it. Uh, yeah, Dennis Haysbert, Michael T. Williamson, right. I mean, it's, you know, who's a close friend, you know, it's, um, a couple more here for you, Michael Mann. True or false to prepare for the film? By, by the way, Michael T. Williamson's Don King yes. is brilliant. It's a brilliant turn in Ali. Yes. Anyway, 
Yeah. Oh, no, he's terrific. I mean, he was, he, he, he's as terrific as they come. Uh, to prepare for the film's climactic bank heist scene, De Niro, Kilmer, and Tom Sizemore, you had him case a bank in Century City with the permission of bank security and then made them recount from memory the layout once they left. Is that true or false? That's true. What 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 did that accomplish in your mind? Well, you can't imagine the tension that re- any of us would have if you're if you're you're armed. They were they were unloaded weapons, but they had they had the 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 gear that they were wearing in the actual bank robbery, which meant they had a suit over a vest and they had unloaded weapons, and they walked and they just just to walk into a bank like that. The tension <laughs> is extraordinary and they were there to do a job they were there to say where the security guards were standing where the cameras were how they would go in if they had to get out where the more than one exit or two or three exits and basically case the bank and the uh like i said we we did this with with the full knowledge of the bank officers or they weren't you know but there were potentially patrons in this bank that day depositing or removing or just conducting their bank business. And they look up and there's Robert De Niro, Tom Sizemore and Val Kilmer looking like they're casing a bank, if not getting set to knock it off. You you wouldn't recognize them because with sunglasses and everything else that they had on and the hat, you didn't, wouldn't recognize it as De Niro. It wouldn't have been tense for anybody in the bank. It was very tense if you're Bob or, they all size one. Did, did they did they get the memory of the the layout proper? Did they nail yes. it? Yes. Yes. Well, they're 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 top notch actors. Okay, and then last one for you. Um uh, I'm friends with Hank Azaria. He told me this story, so I guess I know it's true. That in the scene where uh Pacino uh basically, you know, cajoled him and told him that uh the jig was up for him and he's not gonna start working for, for Hannah that um, Hank had no idea that Pacino was going to talk the way that he did and the line that he did, this famous line, and Hank's reaction of the word Jesus was legit, and that's the the scene that you kept in the film. That's true. That's true. We had a, we we would do things, uh, I mean, that was fantastic, and we would, uh, he would typically, his takes that were, great takes that we came prints were always like five, six, or seven. Five, six, or seven. He'd hit the zone, and that's where all the great takes were, five, six, or seven. Right. And then I, we'd do maybe do another one, take eight. And then he said, let me do a wild one. And that became a shorthand for Al just basically unplugging. And sometimes it would be outrageous and absolutely terrible, and sometimes it would be absolutely brilliant because he wouldn't know what was going to happen. And... When we were we were probably 110 days into 120 days shoot by that point, and so everybody was kind of, you know, kind of um, a little bit worn out. It didn't occur to me that this was Hank. This was Azaria's first day on the show. I should explain to him that what we're doing. Can I do it? Well, like, yeah, sure, go ahead. So Hank had no idea what was coming. Either did I. Either did Al. But that's what that came in. Really, Al didn't know that that line about the great ass. He didn't know that no, was coming. No, he didn't. Not necessarily. That was you know, that was some of that was scripted. But how exactly explosive it was going to become was a big surprise. <laughs> All right. Well, before I let you go, uh, since you're very busy on the set of Ferrari um, with a remarkable cast: um, Adam Driver, P- Penelope Cruz, Shailene Woodley, just to name three. Are you? yourself surprised by the success of heat too Michael I'm really gratified it was a real push to 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 to, to, to bring these stories into the worlds that it goes into and in, in, in um, uh, everywhere from the kind of the kind of the you know the the, the the bottom levels of street life in LA uh, to to the Straits of Malacca, Batam, and transnational crime in the beginning of the dark web and its significance, um, and uh, romance and the 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 delivery of the of Val's character of Shahrlis into into completion as a human being. De Niro. Daniel's Macaulay and Al's Hannah are total 
self-contained characters. They are arrived into their identity. And in the in the sequel part of this, so too does Christian Hurlis, played by Val Kilmer in the original, arrive into into a total complete man, a total complete individual in his romance with a very, very unusual woman, uh, Anna Lou, who's based on somebody I met in shit out of last day when we were shooting Miami Vice. So, so uh, is, is there, I guess I'm mandated to ask, I'm sure you get this question a lot, is this, um, you're going to make a movie out of this at some point? What do you think? I'd love to, yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> I mean, that would be great. You talk yeah. to Pacino about it? What do you have you talked to Al about it already? I'm thinking about it, but I, this is the wrong time to be talking about who I'm thinking about. Okay, sounds good. Uh, all right, got it. Um, and so, um, I, I know, um, the most difficult part about writing a book is selling it. So, I appreciate you taking the time out of uh, another film that you're doing in Italy, which I can't wait to see. Ferrari, I know you were a part of Ford versus Ferrari as well. So, clearly, this is something that interests you as well, yeah. Michael. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you got cooking up. And I appreciate you giving me the time here, sir. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks you so bet. much. For- you bet. Bye That's bye. Michael Mann right here on the Rich Eisen Show. What a great chat, oh, man. man. That was awesome. For Heat fans, that is wow. right straight up your alley, that sir. That's great. And ladies. Let's take a break. Um, we'll uh, unpack a little bit of what we just heard. Sham Sharania will join us to talk about what's going on with the Heat on the Nets. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Chrome Soft, the Chrome Soft family of golf balls. There is a Chrome Soft that is out there for you that suits your game. I use the Chrome Soft, the regular Chrome Soft is what it is called, because it suits so many different types of games. I'm not the greatest golfer. I'm, I'm, I'm part of that wide range of golfers who want a better feel, more distance, incredible forgiveness. That's what I need. And and I, I truly can feel the difference hitting this golf ball than another one. Let's just say I only have one Chrome Soft on the tee. I might uh, have one of those tape delay swing and slice one into somebody's backyard. My Bad apologies. News. Bad news. Um, and somebody flips me another golf ball that's not a Chrome Soft, and I'll hit it. You, I can tell the difference, and I'm not an expert at it. If you're a better player, there is the Chrome Soft X that provides excellent spin consistency, tour-level short game control. The Chrome Soft XLS is a lower spin golf ball on longer shots, you can feel a firmer feel, and you get more high spin around the greens if, if you're expert at this. And so there's a, there's a Chrome Soft that's right 
for you. When you add it all up, it's pretty simple. Chrome Soft is better for the best and better for everyone. Find out which Chrome Soft is right for you at CallawayGolf.com slash Chrome Soft. What a great chat with Michael, man. I could have gone in so many different directions. Anybody who's a fan of Heat, if you missed it, go to our YouTube stream that you're maybe watching us on YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. We'll post the whole interview there as soon as this show is over. So that was some neat stuff right there. And coming up at top of hour number three, uh, Sham Sharania will join us. One of the top basketball information men in the business. What did the Nets say to Kevin Durant to have him just say, okay, that trade demand, I'm rescinding it. And there's a partnership now. They call it a partnership, which is interesting because normally it's like, you know, you play basketball for us and we will pay you as part of management. But they're talking about partnership. Is that what helped sweeten the pot for him? So we'll talk about that with Shams and then uh, Devin McCourty of the Patriots and you, if you want to join us, hour three. So here we are still on our YouTube stream. Just us chickens as our terrestrial radio audience is now listening to some very important commercials. <laughs> Pay them bills. <laughs> I know you, you, you asked something about heat that I didn't ask him, right? That you, 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 you heard something about... You said something the other day. I wish I'd I'd asked him. Oh, in the, in the true or false, uh, is it about uh, that that Hannah had a drug habit that oh, they yeah, cut so, out of the movie entirely? Yeah, so I had heard the reason why he's so kind of high strung and unpredictable yeah, is right. that like he was supposed to be on like cocaine basically the whole movie, and they kind of scrapped that from the from the from, from the, the film. Editing, yeah, which kind of explains some of his outbursts. Some of his outbursts. There's a ton of them, obviously, like the scene with Tone Loke, and then the another one. Great ass scene, like yeah. another one I didn't get to um, is apparently the Shaherlis character played by Val Kilmer. They uh, they asked Keanu Reeves first, Ooh, and wow. he said no because he was playing Caesar in um, like a play or something? in a play. Yeah. Oh wow. The Chris character also had a huge gambling problem, which is part of why he couldn't walk away. I wish they would have gotten more into that. But I had also heard uh, they shot every scene on location somewhere in Los Angeles. No sound stages used for the whole movie. I was thinking that, too. Like, what are some of the greatest Los Angeles-based movies? Heat has got to be one of them. It's way up there, yeah. Right. LA Confidential. Sunset Boulevard. I know you don't watch anything in black and white, Chris. Die Hard, obviously. (laughs) Die Hard. Is absolutely. Uh, one, a recent that wasn't one. shot at the North Pole? I'm sorry. I'm confused. What else? It literally takes place on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the recent movie, McConaughey, Lincoln Lawyer. That's a great L.A. movie. Naked Gun? Naked, naked Gun. How about Friday? L.A. movie. Friday's Friday? a great one. Oh, okay. That's terrific. Yeah. Any other good L.A. movies that we're forgetting? Well, Friday, too. I mean, Friday well, I after mean, next, the whole next thing. Friday. <laughs> where, where LA is right, kind of yeah. is kind of a star of the movie uh, as well, yeah, you know. Yeah. What down and out in LA, right? What eight days in the valley? Is that another one? Two days in the two valley. days in the valley. Yeah. I forget how many days there are. Two. Charlie Theron makes it feel like it's a month though. It's La La Land. La La Land is a great one. Chinatown that won the Oscar for like five seconds. Five, I think it was more like fifteen <laughs> seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we're going to take a couple-minute break here. Fiction. How can we forget that one? It just popped in my head. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. That's right. Zed's dead, baby. All right, we'll take Somebody's privileges were revoked, right? Not any of We'll take a break right here on the Rich Eisen Show. When we come back, Shams Charania will tell us what happened with the Nets. The senior NBA insider from the Athletic and Stadium will join us in just a couple minutes' time. Stick with us, please.